come on, somebody ought to take about 60 seconds and open up your mouth and praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him for his mighty acts. Let everything that had breath praise ye the Lord. My God, my God, my God. You may have never been in a church like this before in your life. And you're looking around wondering what are these people doing? Uh, let me offer you just a little explanation this morning. Uh, Psalm chapter 150 tells us uh, to praise him uh, according uh, to his excellent greatness. That is the command of proportional praise. In other words, if God uh, has done nothing for you, uh, then you don't give him any praise. Uh, but however good uh, God has been to you, uh, your praise ought to be a reflection of his goodness. Somebody turn and tell your neighbor, uh, tell a neighbor, neighbor, tell him you're looking uh, a miracle I shouldn't even be here right now but God made a way so excuse me for a moment I've got to praise him I've got to dance I've got to run the aisles I've got to shout somebody lift your voice and give God a shout of praise in this place most likely uh, to fail. The enemy thought he had done me under uh, and the book was closed. Uh, but just when the enemy uh, thought it was over, uh, my God stepped in uh, and made a way uh, when there was no way. Uh, so I'm sorry this morning. Uh, you're going to have to give me a little room in this place because uh, he's worthy uh, of my best praise. He's worthy of all the glory. I just need about 300 radical people in the building that aren't ashamed to give your God a praise. Go. Come on. If he's been good to you, give him a shout of praise. If he's been good to you, somebody shout in this place.
there was ever a drum, before there was ever a keyboard, before there was ever a PA system, God gave you a voice to give him praise. God gave you hands to clap to him. God gave you feet to dance for him. Somebody ought to take about 30 seconds and give God a shout of praise in this house. Yes! 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 No, that's the Bible. The Bible said, oh, taste and see. I wish I had a theologian in the building. Oh, taste and see that the Lord, he is good. He's better than your employer. He's better than your... He's better than your 401k. He's better. God is a good God. The old timers would sing, God is a good God. Yes, he is. I said, God is a good God. God is a good God. God is a good God. Then they say, let me see you clap your hands. Come on, somebody clap your hands and praise him. Y'all supposed to be sitting down. Y'all supposed to take your seat. Woo! My, 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 my. Somebody said, well, you just, you just don't know what I've been through. <laughs> I remember the story about a little boy in school. His, 
his, his classmate kept talking to him during the class. And the teacher kept looking over. And the little boy didn't want to get in trouble because of his friend's actions. So he kept trying to figure out how to... Finally, the teacher turned around and she thought it was him. And she said, boy, get over there and sit in the corner. He got up with a pout on his face. He knew it wasn't his fault. He went over there and sat in the corner. Anybody else ever been through some stuff uh, that you knew? I, I don't know how to control this. Uh, I don't know why I'm going through this. Uh, I don't know what. Come on, somebody. Uh, he was frustrated sitting in the corner right up by the teacher. Finally, the teacher looked over there, and all of a sudden, he had a grin that spread across his face. And she thought, this boy's supposed to be in trouble. Pretty soon, he started showing his teeth. Then he started chuckling. <laughs> Finally, the teacher couldn't handle it no more. She said, boy, what are you doing? You're supposed to be in trouble. He said, because I might be sitting down on the outside, but on the inside, I'm standing up, and there ain't nothing you can do about it. That's what God's looking for this morning. Somebody ought to shout and let the devil know it might look like I'm down, but baby, on the inside, I'm still standing. I'm still standing. Somebody ought to throw your hands in the air and open up your mouth and shout with a voice of triumph this morning. Hallelujah. Woo. Glory, glory. You can be seated. You can be seated. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, leave the door open on the end of this aisle. Tell your neighbor, leave the door open on the end of the aisle. I may need a quick exit any moment. Anybody excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Come on, I said, is there anybody excited uh, about being in the house of the Lord this morning? I want to take just a few moments and add to what has already been said, and I want to give a great big welcome again to all of our guests that are in the house of the Lord this morning. Church, would you help me one more time give a great ovation uh, and make a sound for all of our guests uh, that are in the house of the Lord? Come on, we can do better than that. Help me welcome them over here this morning. Amen, amen. To all of our guests, we are indeed delighted that you took the opportunity to be here in the house of the Lord and to worship with us to those who are streaming online with us this morning, welcome to the service. If you're here for the very first time this morning when you walked in the doors, you should have received a VIP invitation card. It should look something like that. And at the end of the service, this is your ticket into our VIP room. You ask, what is our VIP room? It's simply a, a room that we've set up to welcome you this morning and immediately following the service, we have some light refreshments in there, and we've got a small gift that we'd like to give you as a token of our appreciation for you being in the house of the Lord with us today. Amen. So once the service is dismissed, if you'll just go out to the red carpet that's in the lobby, somebody there will usher you into the VIP room. We want a chance just to shake your hand and uh, get to know you a little bit better. Amen. And uh, we have a little saying around here 
that you are only a guest for the first five minutes that you come through the door. So if you're here this morning, you've already been here longer than five minutes. You're at home with us today. Amen, church. Would you just turn to about five or six people sitting next to you and tell them welcome home this morning? Come on, help me, help me out. Turn to somebody there behind you, in front of you, on your left, on your right. Just tell them welcome home. Welcome home. So good to have you in the house of the Lord with us today. And uh, we're, we're in the middle of God doing some incredible things in this sanctuary. Thursday night after our prayer meeting, we baptized Anita in Jesus' name for the remission of her sins. She came out of the water speaking in tongues as God filled her with the Holy Ghost. On Friday night, they baptized Roger in Jesus' name for the remission of his sins. He came out of the water speaking in tongues as God filled him with the Holy Ghost. And I believe we've already got one or maybe two people slotted to be baptized so far this morning. Amen. And uh, we're so thankful for all that the Lord is doing. As you saw in the announcements, there are many, many opportunities for you to plug in, get involved, get engaged uh, with everything the Lord is doing in this house. Amen. And uh, I want to... Uh, say what a privilege and an honor it is for us to have with us all the way from Birmingham, Alabama, brother and sister Irvin this morning. Would you help me give a great big Rock Church welcome to the Irvins this morning? Amen, amen. Amen. I, I had the privilege of meeting uh, brother Irvin several years ago. And uh, over the past several years, have had the opportunity to get to know him uh, a little bit better and a little bit better. And the hand of God is upon this man and his precious wife in such a great, great way. And um, he, they, they are, God is blessing them abundantly. As a matter of fact, in just a few short months, they will have an addition to their family that will be born and so congratulations to them. Yeah, congratulations to them. God is blessing and multiplying the Irvin family. And uh, he and his wife serve faithfully alongside their bishop, Bishop Sutton, who's no stranger to this house. And uh, they're in Birmingham at New Life, an incredible revival church. And uh, it has been uh, the providence of God that has provided an opportunity for them to be here today. And I believe that God has given him a word for this house today. Did anybody come hungry for God's word in this place? Would you stand with me all over this sanctuary? And I want us to prepare our hearts and our minds for what the Lord wants to do in this place. There is no telling what God will do uh, when this, by the time this service is over, we understand that preaching is not a spectator sport. Amen? How many of you are going to preach with the preacher this morning? Come on, how many of you are going to engage with the word of the Lord in this house? Would you put your hands together one more time and give God a great big praise as Brother Antoine Irvin comes to deliver the word of the Lord to us this morning? Somebody clap your hands unto the Lord right now. 
Come on, clap your hands, all ye people. Somebody shout unto God with a voice of triumph, with a voice of praise. Come on, somebody. Give God some high praise in this place right now. Jesus, we worship you. We praise you. We magnify your wonderful name in this house, oh God. There's none else like you. You alone are worthy. You alone are able, oh God. And this day, in this moment, we need you to meet us here. We need you to touch our hearts. We need you, oh God, to minister in this place so that the brokenhearted might be made whole, so that the desolate might be restored. My God, we need you in this place right now. Would you give your God a hand clap of praise? Come on, give him a hand clap of praise right now. All right, we had to just test it out for a minute. It feels good in the house. Feels good in the house. I am so excited. This is like, this is like my family right here. Come on, Ignite family. It's been so good to get to know many of you over the years at uh, the Ignite camp. And uh, it is such a privilege and honor to be in the house with you in this capacity here this morning. Give honor to my bishop, uh, Pastor Sutton, uh, in his absence. Love my man of God. Give honor to your man of God here. counted a privilege to be here uh, this morning. I'm so glad that my beautiful wife was able to come with me and our, our little one. But I want to get I want to get right into the word of God. I, 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 I firmly believe that by the end of this service, people are going to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I firmly believe that by the end of this service, people are going to be baptized in the name of Jesus. Came to put hell on notice that your kingdom is coming down. Anybody believe that here? That depth grip that hell has had on somebody's life is going to be loose today. The chains that somebody came in with this, with on this morning, they're going to be broken here before we leave today. I want you to know that the captive are going to be set free in this house today. Mighty God. We're going to read this morning in John chapter 6, verse 5 through 9. Let's read here. And Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him. He saith unto Philip, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him. Everybody say to prove him. For he knew what he would do. God knew what he was going to do. And Philip answered him. 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may even have a little bit, just a, just a little bit. That's not going to be 
enough. One of the disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said unto him, There is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes. But what are they among so many? Let's pray. Mighty God, we love you. We thank you for your grace, your mercy, your provision, oh God. God, I pray that you would meet us here in this place this morning, oh God. I pray that you would minister, oh God, right now in your sanctuary. God, I pray that you would allow your word to go forth and not return void, oh God. We thank you for your word that is forever established in the heavens, oh God. Unchangeable, immutable, forever settled in the heavens, oh God. We pray it all in the name of Jesus. And everybody said in Jesus' name. I want to preach under the title this morning, Pick Up the Bread. Pick Up the Bread. You can be seated. Here in our text this morning, in verse, chap- in, in verse uh, 5 of, our, of chapter 6 here that we're reading in John, um, It begins by kind of setting the stage. Jesus lifted up his eyes. He saw a great company uh, come unto him. There's a great multitude of people. And he said, he leaned over and he said to Philip, where can we buy bread, enough bread that will feed this great multitude of people? And the scripture gives us a hint here and tells us he asked this to, to prove uh, Philip. Here's something you should know about Philip. Philip in the group is the, is the practical one. He is the literal minded one. He's the one that's going to analyze the situation and look at it based upon those natural resources that are available uh, and right there. And so Jesus asked this question to see how he would analyze this situation. And I want you to know that God does this to us as well. It's always, I always take note when God asks a question. Because it's all, almost always not for his benefit, but for ours. And so he asked this question, where can we buy bread for this group of people? And Philip says, 200 pennyworth is not even enough to feed them a little bit. And what this question did is it forced Philip to reconcile and understand that your natural resources, Philip, are not enough. I know that you count all the pennies. I know that you've got it all figured out. But I want you to know, Philip, that your natural resources are not going to be enough in this situation. It doesn't matter what you do, and that's for you today as well. Your situation right now is probably going to be bigger than you are, and your natural resources are not enough. But the wonderful thing about that situation is that God is able to move in your situation. God is able to anoint that situation. God is able to, to do a work. And so now that Philip understands that his natural resources are not enough, now the stage is set for a miracle. Now God is able to move. You see, sometimes God will cause you to come face to face with your shortcomings your inabilities, your insecurities, because he needs, for your, he needs for your need for him to surface to the top and for you to be aware that without, without God, I'm not enough. And when you get to that place, 
You're in a position where God can move. You're in a position where God can come and make all the difference. I want you to know that where man ends, God picks up and begins. If you're at the end of your rope, baby, don't be too desperate because you're in a place where God can move in the midst of your situation. If your back is up against the wall, that's okay, honey, because God is able to move in an impossible situation. Somebody at their wit's end, give God praise right now. Somebody with their back up against the wall, give God praise right now. Somebody without an answer to your situation, give God high praise right now. The stage is set for God to move in your situation. We're going to pick up uh, verse 11. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, his, he distributed it to his disciples, and the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise of the fishes as much as they would. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, This is of a truth, that prophet that should come into the world. When Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him a king, he departed again into a mountain himself alone. And so they wanted him to be not Lord of their life. That's not why they were pursuing him. Not for him to be Lord of their life, but for him to be king of their stuff. You see, we're, we're, we're talking about a people in our passage here that know famine very well. They're very familiar with the perils of famine. And so they're thinking to themselves, we have found a man that can take two fish and five loaves and feed 15,000 plus people. We need to keep him around. So when the famine comes, we got our get out of jail free card. But Jesus called him out on that. He knew that physical bread wouldn't sustain them. He knew that it wouldn't be enough simply responding to their temporal needs. They needed a different type of bread. They needed the bread of life. We need the bread of life. You see, there are always alternatives. Always something offering to satisfy. There are relationships that offer to fill that void that God has placed on the inside of you. And we understand that that relationship may satisfy for a season. But at the end of the day, you'll still feel empty on the inside. It won't quite be enough. There's substance abuse that's offered up as a type of bread 
that'll fill the void, the emptiness, the brokenness that you feel on the inside of you, the insecurities that have rose uh, to the surface in your mind and in your heart. That's not to push you to this other cheap type of bread. But that's to push you in a place to where you understand that without God, I am lost beyond measure. For somebody, it may be, it may be money that you're looking to, to fill that void on the inside. In Birmingham, the guys, they say, I don't know if they say this in Fort Myers. They say, man, I'm trying to get this bread, bro. Oh, y'all know what that means? Okay, okay, okay. I'm in the right place. But guys, no matter how much bread you get, it's not going to fulfill you. It's only temporarily going to satisfy. I need for somebody right now to know that all of the other options that are out there, those things are only temporary solutions. But I want you to know that in this house right now, there is the bread of life. In this house right now, there is bread that you can eat of where you never hunger again. I want you to know that today your end can be, your searching can be over. Today your seeking can be over if you'll pick up the bread that God God has for you. Somebody pick up the bread of life in this house right now. Jesus. Bishop Williams, all of the alternatives are not necessarily bad, though. Not all of them are bad. God gave the manna in the wilderness. He gave that. But he was very clear, this is only going to last you a day, two, during the Sabbath. That's it. It's going to go bad. God's given out temporary solutions? Yeah. Because God meets you where you are. And so God will begin to respond to your situation. And here's what he does. is he begins to bring you solutions to your temporary problems, we could call these appetizers. And what he's doing is he's showing you, I'm big enough to help you make ends meet. I'm big enough to be your God. I'm big enough to heal your baby. Yeah, I'm big enough to be your God. I'm big enough to heal your marriage. Because I'm big enough to be your God. We cannot get full off of appetizers. Because God is calling us higher. God has more for you. You can put down the barley. Put down the manna. Because God has the bread of life that he's offering you. I've got people that I love that have been coming to church for 15 years. But they're still eating barley and manna. 
One of those other alternatives, don't get me wrong, let me qualify. Be in the house of God every time the door is open. Be in the house of God every time the door is open. There's no greater place that you can be. But here's what I need for you to understand. Is that you can sit at the table and not pick up the bread. So God sent this preacher from Birmingham to Fort Myers to tell somebody to pick up the bread. Somebody needs to pick up the bread of life. You see, God has been responding to your needs. God has been ministering. He has been wooing you. He has been calling you. He has been giving you a seat at the table. But I need for somebody to take another step and pick up the bread. I need for somebody to go a little bit deeper and pick up the bread. I need for somebody to go a little bit higher and pick up the bread. God may start by satisfying your temporal needs, but he wants to dwell with you and in you. And that only happens when you pick up the bread. The bread of life is in this place right now. Most men are willing to receive temporal goods from the hands of God, but there are very few that are willing to receive spiritual blessings because spiritual blessings require participation. Pick up in 27. Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for the meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you. For him hath God the Father sealed. Then said they unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. Okay? And so they ask, they're asking him, or Jesus first tells them, don't labor for that temporary meat. But do work that's going to get you to a place where you're picking up bread that's going to cause you to not hunger again. Where you're drinking waters of, ri of living water, rivers of living water. God has greater for you. And so they asked what works might we do? And Jesus said this. He said, believe on me. You see, faith without works is dead. There's always something for us to do. As we pursue the things of God, he is always asking something of us. As we pursue the things of God, he is always calling us higher. But every time we go higher, he's asking a little bit more of us. Read on. They said therefore unto him, What sign showest thou then that we may see and believe thee? What doest thou, what dost thou work? So they said, What you gonna do for us? What you gonna do for us? We got stuff we need, we got bills we need to get paid. I got a baby that needs healing. What you gonna do for us? You're asking us to do work, but what you gonna do? Read on. Our fathers did eat manna in the desert, as it is written. 
He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Okay, hold on. Imagine I stopped you at the end of 31, okay? They said, we know that you fed the 15,000 roughly with the two fish and five loaves of bread. That was cute. But let me tell you about our fathers. They got manna from heaven every day for 40 years for over a million people. You try that. Try that on for size. Let me tell you about my last relationship out there in the world. Let me tell you how great it was. Let me tell you how good the bar has been to me. Let me tell you how, how, how faithful my drug addiction has been to me. Let me tell you about, about all of these pieces of bread that I have picked up along the way that did satisfy for a season, but left me feeling not only empty, but more empty than I did before. Let me give somebody a reality check. In the wilderness, eating that manna, they were miserable and not happy, and neither were you. We can't talk about the good old days when we were broke, busted, and disgusted. We can't talk about how good it was back in the day, but you were broken, you were down, you smiled in front of everybody and went home and cried yourself to sleep because you were out here eating bread that won't satisfy. I want you to know that right now in this place, the bread of life is here right now and he's drawing you and he has bread by which you'll never hunger again. Somebody give God high praise if you're thankful for the bread of life. Come on, let's do that for just a second. Give God some high praise if you're thankful that God gave you the bread of life. If you're thankful that he's satisfied to the utmost. Read on. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. Okay. He said, you got it all mixed up, my friends. He said, Moses ain't give y'all nothing. He ain't made not one loaf of bread. But right now, so he goes from talking about Moses. That ain't the bread you got from heaven. He said, but my father gives right now the true bread from heaven. I want somebody to know that truth is not a what, but a who. The bread of life is not a what, but it's a who. 
It's God that wants to come and live on the inside of you and reside and dwell within you. And as you go out in life, you're not walking alone, but the God of heaven can dwell on the inside of you with the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, evidenced by speaking in tongues. I want you to know right now that your search ends today. The bread of life is in this house right now. Somebody pick up the bread and respond to God. He's in the house this morning. God is in the house this morning. And he's here because you're here. He's here because he wants to dwell on the inside of you. Read on. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. My God, right now in the house, musicians come right now. My God, in the house right now, there's bread for you to eat where you'll never hunger again. There's waters for you to drink where you'll never thirst again. Jesus is here to declare to you, I am the bread of life. I'm the answer you've been looking for. You're at the table. Now somebody pick up the bread right now. Jesus is in this house right now. Oh God. There's somebody here right now that's tired of looking for new things to fulfill you. There's somebody here right now and you're sick and tired of looking for something else that's simply not going to satisfy again. But I want to invite you to this altar right now to pick up the bread, to respond to the wooing of God. God has been reaching for you let me tell you when God gave this word to me. It was a few months ago. I was sleeping and I had a dream about a cousin of mine, a close cousin. And he's one of those family members that I was referring to a little bit ago. He's been coming around to the church off and on for literally probably 15 years. I've had Bible study with him for years. But he hasn't quite responded. But in this dream, that cousin is standing on a stage. And I'm standing in the front about like where you guys are standing right now. And I'm looking at him. And in that dream, I see him from a little bitty boy grow up within seconds to his age right now. And in that dream, I'm standing on the floor. And I'm screaming at him desperately, pick up the bread, pick up the bread, pick up the bread, my God, pick up the bread, it's right in front of you, it's been there the whole time, pick up the bread.
And I believe that there's somebody in this place right now, like my cousin, where for your whole life, God has been presenting bread to you. God has been preparing your heart for this type of moment right here, right now. And for years, you can go back in your mind and think about times where God preserved you, where you should have died. You can go back in your mind where there were situations that should have destroyed you, but you're here right now. And I want you to know that you're in this place right now, you're here right now by the design of God. And today is a moment for you to sit at the table and pick up the bread and eat. If you're in this house right now and you need the Holy Ghost, I want you to come right now. If you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues, I want you to know the bread of life is in this place right now. And God can fill you with his spirit. If you're in this place right now and you're tired of looking for other solutions, I want you to come to this altar right now. If you're in this place right now and you feel like God has been calling you for a long time and you hadn't quite responded the way that you know you should, I want to invite you to come right now. Let's pray right now, church. Mighty God, we worship you, Lord. God, I pray that you would speak to our hearts in this place this morning, oh God. God, I pray that you would minister, oh God, right now. Church, would you come right now to the altar? If there's a guest here, I want you to make sure that you meet them and talk to them about what they need in the house this morning. But I believe God's going to fill some people with the Holy Ghost this morning. Come on, church, let's be sensitive right now. Let's be sensitive all over this house. what the world has offered, I'll have to come again, again and again. But with one drink of your living water, I'll never thirst again, I'll never thirst again. 
Only you 